0: Hello, welcome to Decolonising DMU podcast. I'm Sharmay Marufu, an ambassador here at Decolonising DMU. So today, in today's episode, we're looking at racism and microaggressions in higher education. We've heard uh, the terms such as microaggressions, and it seems that this term is being used far more often in the media and by minority ethnic people to describe incidences where they feel they've been made to feel inferior due to their skin color or heritage. And so my question today is, how is this any different to racism? So to understand microaggressions and racism, I am joined and um, the experiences of undergraduate, sorry I'm going to redo that part. So to understand microaggressions and racism and the experiences of undergraduate students at university, I am joined by two students from Law and Human Rights and Social Justice. We have Zara Tahir who is a final Year student and Liam Sutton who is a 3rd year student. And finally, we're joined by Taiwo Showofra, who is a second-year fashion and textile design student. And I just want to start by offering my experiences of when I was a student. And I remember when I was I was in a seminar and we were doing group work, and my lecturer had put us in groups, and she directed this uh, white boy to come and work with us. And my group was predominantly, it was just mainly BAME students. And uh, this guy, he looked at us and then he just walked away and went over to a group of white students. And for us, it just made us feel uncomfortable. And all three, all all of the people in my group, we knew, we just looked at each other like, well, this is probably because of our race and because we're all BAME students. And that just made us feel really uncomfortable so i guess my question to my guest is have you guys experienced similar situations
1: um i've been quite lucky i think while i'm at uni um there hasn't really been too much um there's nothing i can directly think of that comes to mind um i feel like i've been in an environment that's quite inclusive um obviously when you're in classrooms sometimes i do feel like or even in student accommodations i do feel like um people get grouped, like there's groups of Asian people, groups of black people, and you kind of get grouped on being a BAME student. Um, but I have been fortunate that I haven't really, um, I haven't really experienced anything that has been directly harmful to me while I was uh, studying as an undergraduate student.
2: Thank you. Uh, taiwo do you have any examples of the experience, any form of microaggression?
3: Um, Yes. So while I studied my former course, something that I noticed was um, one person's, one BAME student's offence, specifically a black girl's offence, would probably affect the rest of all the other black girls on the course. So um, I know there was somebody who was quite loud and noisy and usually just from her being loud and noisy, every other person yeah all the other black girls would literally be seen as loud and noisy and you know we wouldn't be able to get groups together they'll tell us oh yeah to get in groups get with your friends But with us we were not allowed to sit together or be grouped together because we were going to be the um loud bunch so if things like that I just kind of recognized because you know it wasn't only the black girls that were late that were loud it was just a lot of people in general but um apart from that it has been quite subtle like it's been a it's been a um, smooth experience like being a black person and with microaggressions you know um, I think that's the main one that probably still occurs every now and again um, just being grouped with one person's offence
2: yeah wow thank you for sharing that and Leon do you have any examples of microaggressions that you might have experienced while you've been at university
4: um, so Yeah, like Zara was saying, I've kind of been quite lucky when it comes to microaggressions at DMU. I think the main one that I can probably think of is during a human rights lesson, where they kind of touched upon a case that was to do with uh, Romani people, and it was about a a far-right group that was attacking a a Romani uh, population that lived in a local area, and They kind of, when using, when referring to my people, they kind of referred to them as gypsies, which they didn't really see a problem with and the kind of, and not only did the letter use that word, but also they kind of extended to the class. And kind of the only issue they saw with the case wasn't that they were being attacked. It was kind of like that the attacking of them was being extended to the non romani population. And so it's kind of like, you kind of sit there in silence because you're kind of a bit blown back that they're kind of they're not upset that this particular group is being attacked but that it's impinging on like the peace of the non romani population so I think that's kind of just the main one and that's kind of what pushed me to pursue things like this.
2: Wow thank you guys for sharing your experiences. Is microaggression just a posh word uh a posh word for acceptable racism and I think I just want to throw that out there like what do you guys think So Tyrell, for example, you gave the example of uh, the black girls or the minority ethnic uh, group of people being grieved and loud in your classes. So do you you guys see that as just an acceptable word, like us referring to those incidences as microaggression? Is it just an acceptable word for racism? So I'll start with Um. Yes. So one
3: thing that um, I've mentioned before, just last week, into somebody was that I feel like microaggression sometimes might be like the watered down term for racism, just because it might not be as blatant as what people would usually class as racism. But you know, um, <clears throat> for example, just using something like hot water, whether it's hundred degrees or it's fifty degrees, if it feels hot, it's still hot, and the same thing applies to racism you know just because it seems a bit watered down doesn't make it any less racism as it is so yeah I do believe that you know the term microaggression um even the word micro it just kind of means like you know quote unquote less racism or not as racist as one would
2: think thank you and Zara do you have anything to add to that
1: um yeah I think um microaggressions are often seen as something that that people today aren't really racism when um, obviously they there's nothing lesser about uh, microaggression. Um, but I think because people see it as something more to do with the daily verbal behaviours, uh, that they're not things that should be taken, in quotation marks, seriously, because they can happen so casually and so frequently um, that a lot of the time, I think, sometimes you don't even notice um, that these things are being put to you. And because of that, it can, you can almost brush it off outwardly. But inwardly, you can you sometimes think, oh, was that harmful? Did that have a negative connotation? Like, should I be offended by that? And I think this is why microaggressions often don't get noted down. Because in my experience, sometimes, sometimes I think, is this something that I should be concerned about? Is this something that I should actually tell somebody about? Um, or am I making too big of a deal of it? Um, But I think definitely it shouldn't be seen as, as um, Taiwo said, like, if something's hot, then it's still hot. So it shouldn't be seen as anything that's lesser.
2: Uh, Liam, do you have anything else to add to that?
4: Yeah, like, I think microaggressions are 100% a result of us being tone policed. And I think, because if I was to call someone a racist or say, you know, that was a racist thing to say, they'd kind of do that thing where they're like, Oh, you know you're pulling the race card or you know it's not that deep but to us it is really deep and so I think we've developed this idea of microaggression so it's something nice we can say to someone like oh you know what you have said wasn't great you know it was a bit a bit offhand and you know you shouldn't say stuff like that but as Tyra was saying if it's you know if it feels hot it is still hot so you know.
2: <laughs> These are some great points that you guys are bringing out yeah and I think even just going further into that conversation so do you guys think that non-black students experience less racism? So I'm gonna direct this question to Zara. Like as a Muslim girl, do you think uh, you experience less racism? What would you say about that?
1: Um, well, I think that's a really interesting question to answer because I don't think we experience less racism. I just feel like the racism that we experience isn't necessarily looked on as much as it would for black students. Um, because when, especially in the media, like a lot of the focus is obviously on Black Lives Matter, rightly so, and how black students, black women, black men, how they should be treated, but you don't see a lot about other minorities. Um, and as a Muslim Asian girl, um, there's obviously all these things in the media around, that I around terrorism and this kind of stuff, but it's not talked about enough, um, I think. So when people um, talk about racism, there is very little focus on the feelings of um, Asian, Asian minorities or any other minorities, um, just because it's something that people, I feel like in society in general, people don't see it as, as bad, even though that's not the case. But I think that also comes from like a lack of education and a lack of knowing how other people feel. And it just all comes down to discussion
2: in the end and i guess just even to follow up on that um like based on your experiences and you guys's experience do you feel like that was touched on that you know that the it's not that asian people experience less racism other minorities experience less racism it's just not talked about a lot in the same way do you feel like women get away with experiencing less of that racism or is it just that women um the racism that women experience is not spoken about a lot more so Taiwan, like what do you think about that yes I'll say that
3: um probably the, the racism that women experience is probably not spoken about or not heard of about the most because I think sometimes women might be a bit more like a bit less spoken about their experiences of racism because I think this is probably um, just this platform and being a part of this project DDMU is the first time I've ever spoken about it um, at least in an educational kind of um, area or sector but I feel like men might be a bit more outspoken about things like this Um, not just to each other but I don't know. I don't know where they speak about it. I guess social media, they're just a lot more outspoken. So people tend to know more about it. While if I just use myself as an example, I might not be representing all um, women, but I've just genuinely just never really felt comfortable to even speak about it. So um, I guess that's probably another reason why people around me might not be aware that, okay, the racism that I go through is not any less. It's just that
2: I don't feel comfortable speaking about it. Wow, thank you, Taiwo. And Zara, do you feel like you have the same feelings?
1: Um, Well, I feel like as a woman and obviously as a person of colour, you have to experience almost this double discrimination. Um, And I think with both of them added together, it can definitely be an intimidating thing to talk about just because you don't really know how you're going to be perceived. And a lot of the time I do feel like Racism and gender inequality are talked about very separately, but they are things that are completely intertwined and completely go hand in hand. And I think once people realise that it's it it, it's gonna be something that people feel more comfortable talking about. And I don't I think there aren't very many safe spaces for women in particular to talk about these things where they feel comfortable enough to share personal experiences and to share how they actually feel um, in today's society
2: this is a very interesting conversation guys and i guess i'm just going to direct the question now to liam so from a male perspective do you feel like women get away with experiencing less overt racism
4: although i can't talk on the experiences of uh, women because i've never been in that position i think that it is definitely something that's unspoken about because like women as a rule genuinely face a lot of suppression anyway and so when it comes to talking up about things that they've experienced that isn't just sexism i think it's there isn't that platform for them to do that and i think when it comes to men i think men are a lot a a lot more outspoken about when they don't like something and i think that's just kind of systemic because i think men have from birth have always been put in a position where they should feel free to talk about things but i think girls in particular and then into womanhood are kind of raised to take the back seat when I mean, that shouldn't be the case. But that's the way that the education system works. That's, uh, and when you see women not being given positions of power, you don't have those people that are outspoken to look up to.
2: And I guess like just based on that, like Taiwo, would you like to share some of your experiences of being the only black girl on your course? Um, Yes,
3: definitely. So firstly, I'd say the first thing that kind of crossed my mind, um, being the only Black girl, was just that, while there's no representation or nobody for me to relate to. Um, So sometimes people might wonder, like, why does representation matter? In an educational setting, it's just, firstly, if I'm going to speak to all the 30 to 40 people on my course, the first person I'm probably automatically drawn to would be the black person, but not having that there, it was just harder for me to settle in. Like, I just felt like I didn't belong. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I just felt like I didn't belong. Cause you know, nobody else there looked like me. I was like, the, I'm the only black person there. So it took me a while to really settle in and start making friends. And um, just, in, it took me a while to enjoy my course um, initially. But another thing that just made me feel a bit like not belonging there was just the fact that, um, you know, everybody gets a a personal tutor as well. And I feel like something I've always thought about my personal tutor is like it's somebody I should be able to relate with. But it was just like everything about the course just did not make me feel welcome being the only black girl. And then it's just, yeah, I just didn't feel very welcome. Of course, not to blame anybody specifically, but. It's just nicer when you see people
2: who are like you who are around you. So representation matters. I think that's an important point. Liam as well. What have been some of your experiences uh, of prejudice due to your background?
4: I think because for a very big part of my life, I kind of practiced white passing, that I didn't experience a lot of direct stuff due to like my race in particular. I think it was more that people felt comfortable sharing their opinions about my race around me, not knowing that I belonged to that group. And it's, I think, especially when it comes to prejudice, prejudice against my group in the modern day is very overt. So when you have programmes like My Big Fat Gypsy Weddings and stuff like that, you um, you kind of see your people being painted in this light that they're all criminals and that we all look the same. when the quote-unquote gypsies that they were talking about and that were involved in that show were Irish travellers and I like uh, gypsy only really historically applies to Romani people and so when our people are being spoken about they're lumped in with other groups and so we're painted to be people that are thieves we're painted to be to be people that lack education that are kind of dirty when a lot of the time we do live by a very regimented hygiene schedule and i think particularly in like across the world like gypsy people although a lot of people know it's a slur especially in this country it's still used on forms it's still used by the government they refer to us like that in um in statute and even when filling out my form to um reapply this year for third year there was a box that said gypsy on it and so I i had to put you know mixed other so it's kind of just like it's like a whole minefield whenever you're going around because people will just be comfortable saying what they want around you not realizing you're from that group and they'll say some pretty hurtful stuff and then even when you're online and you're overtly that group people will make comments about Romani slavery they'll make comments about Romani genocide as if it was nothing and as if it didn't affect millions of lives so it's kind of just takes you back every single day
2: wow thank you guys for sharing your experience and I think it's these are quite powerful stories that you guys are sharing and quite powerful experiences. Zara, do you feel that as an Asian girl, Asian girls have different stereotypes to battle?
1: Yeah, so, um, so for me, I am, my background is I am um, a mixture of Ugandan, British and Pakistani. And um, being that kind of mix, you kind of see things from different angles. Um, so, as a, a young Asian girl, you kind of get socialized into um, being this kind of quiet, like subservient kind of get your head down, uh, work hard kind of person. When you're when you're young, well, for me, when I was younger, when I was in school, I would always get asked, um, "Why are you so quiet? Like, why why do you not talk very much? This and that." And that kind of comes off as something that makes you think, "Am I doing something wrong? Like, am I not meant to be quiet? Like, is this is this something how I'm, is this how I'm not supposed to behave?" But people don't like seem to recognize that these are the values that I have been instilled with, growing up in this Asian community, especially um, having a Pakistani background. That's very On that side it's very much the values are you need to work hard you need to be quiet you need to just get on do what you need to do and get what you need to get um so when people keep asking me these things obviously i obviously have these internal questions to myself but granted like as i've grown up times have evolved and i've changed and the way i choose to perceive myself you start to realize that you don't have to be this like subservient person Um, And I'm quite lucky that I have been raised by a really strong um, role model, women, women role models um, that have really encouraged me to see that being vocal and independent is not a negative thing. Still, there's like nothing wrong with actually being this quiet, having these quiet characteristics. So this brown girl guilt that my friends talk about is the fact that when you go against these values that are kind of instilled in you, you almost feel guilty. You're not doing anything wrong, but with this internalised kind of racism and this internalised Ideas of how you should behave. There's a, such a strong guilt that you're doing something going against your culture when in reality you're just doing what is right for you, and you're just being, you're just having your own personality, and you're moving. Especially living in England in Britain, like you're moving with the culture and what you need to do and the times you're in. But yeah, brown girl is a huge thing, and it's something that so many, so many young brown women talk about in day-to-day life and experience for no reason, like. And it's something they don't have to experience at all, and it's really a shame that we we do, even as much as we try to tell ourselves we are doing nothing wrong. it's something you just can't you can't help
2: Wow, thank you guys for sharing and finally, I just wanted to ask direct this to Zara and Liam. What are some of the work that DMU is doing to address inequality in students? so I'll start off with liam
4: so as part of DMU and kind of working with the Black Law Society that we have at DMU, we're kind of working on raising awareness on my particular group of people and the use of um, gypsy as a slur across not only uni but the whole of the UK and so we're kind of working on you know infographics and posters that we can put around uni just raising awareness and giving a bit of support to that group.
1: Thank you Liam. Laura. Um, yeah so currently um, I am putting my focus into working with how to bring inclusivity to the societies at DMU so uh, I actually just had a meeting today where uh, we're talking about what kind of training people need to look at because we've noticed that um, in a lot of societies even though it's unintentional there seems to be the people who are holding the higher positions seem to be ones who hold a lot more privilege and um, they tend to be middle-class backgrounds, white, all these kind of things that don't sit um, with the typical minority student. So we're working with trying to get something together so that people in societies or people who are in these high positions in societies are aware of how how they need to behave, how they need to act, and what they need to bring to their society to make things much better and much easier for everybody to be included and to join. Um, and hopefully we can get we're hoping to get some debates and just see where that
2: goes from there thank you guys thank you so much for joining me Thanks for sharing your stories your experiences I think there's definitely a lot to learn from this and to get from all the things that you've shared and from all your experiences so decolonizing DMU with the students run we you know some of these conversations. um know we want to bring that wider to everyone else and for all students to be able to come and share their experiences in a safe space and to see what we can do about it we also have um we have events called unapologetically bane which are events for students by students to just come together to share our experiences to see what solutions how can we as a uni build an anti-racist university and start tackling some of the issues that students might be experiencing so be sure if you want to get involved with that sign up to our mailing list or just email the decolonizing dmu email and we will give you details when those events are coming up but thank you to my guests for joining me today Uh, and next time on the next episode of decolonizing dmu podcast we will be focusing on why students drop out of university So be sure to tune into that and thank you for listening. Bye.